0: The most important thing, though, that we're here for today is to open the Word of God and to hear from Him because He is the one uh, that has the answers to every question that we might be asking. And the good news is, as we continue to work our way through this book by um, A.W. Tozer, is, is that this chapter tells us that God is speaking. God is speaking. He still speaks. The speaking voice is kind of the name of the chapter. Uh, I want to just draw your attention um, back to the first part of the Bible. I I don't feel like I've got a sermon in me today, but we're just going to kind of sit down in a scripture and we're going to walk through these concepts, and I'm going to do my best to share them with you without losing my voice. Um, Genesis chapter one verses one through thirteen. We have the account of creation, and I'm not going to read all of that for you, but I want you to just read some of the verbiage here, because oftentimes we think about God as, as in his creating uh, form, we think of him kind of putting the pieces together. Like, um, we, we read the scripture about God forming man out of the clay of the ground, and we kind of get this image in our head that that's kind of how God did everything, that he used his hands on that. Um, sometimes I think, you know, we have these cute little poems and, and things where, you know, God took his finger and drug it through the mountains, and there there was a valley. Well, that's not really how he did it. The Bible kind of tells us how God created. Listen to what it says. Genesis chapter 1. Verses 1, we'll read the first couple of verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, listen to this, let there be light. And there was, what? Light. He just spoke to it, and it was there. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called winter. I mean, I'm sorry, night. He called night, yeah. And and evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Verse 6. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters, to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that's what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky, and evening passed and morning came, making the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so that man may fish. Okay, that's not exactly what it says, but uh, so dry ground may appear. You guys are no fun at all today. You're just like staring at me. What is he even talking about? So dry ground may appear, and that is what happened. God called the dry land, ground, and the waters, seas. And God saw that everything was good. You know what? He goes on, and he does the same thing for everything. For the vegetation that grows all over the earth, for the fish in the ocean, for the animals that walk, all of these things, he spoke to nothingness, and something came into being. That's pretty impressive. I don't know about you. I can't do that. I mean, God spoke, and physical, the physical world around him was not just affected, it was created. Like, he literally spoke something out of nothing and then formed that something with his voice, not with his finger, not with his hand, not with his boot print. He formed it with his, this, just the sound of his voice. His words affected the physical world and caused all things that exist to come into being. I wish I could do that, amen? Lord, let there be pizza, right? When I don't want to drive to to Pizza Hut. And there was pizza, right? How about this one? Lord, let the lawn be mowed, some of you are thinking, isn't that what you had kids for? Yes, and yet still here I am. What is wrong with this picture? Anyway, Lord, let the house be painted. Let the car be fixed. Let the fat be gone. How many of you would use that? And it just disappears. Wouldn't that be awesome if we could just speak to creation and speak to reality and see those things happen, but that's not how God made us. Only God can do that. God speaks. God speaks. If you can speak and the physical world changes as a result of what you say, then you are a person who deserves the attention of the whole world. Amen? And friends, I believe we need to listen. God spoke in the beginning and all things came into being. And and the speaking of God, the the fact that he continues to speak, has been a reality throughout history. He is not only present, but he is speaking. And his words have gone forth since the very beginning of creation. And, And in the Old Testament, they looked at the words of God and they saw them as wisdom. If God spoke then... And God is immutable, as we talked about last week. In other words, He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if God spoke in the beginning and He never changes, that means that God is still speaking today. And not just in the way that you might think. We're not just talking about the Bible. I know when I say God speaks immediately, you're like, well, of course He does. We have the Word of God right here before us. It's right here in my leather-bound, paper-filled binder which none of you carry anymore, right? It's actually, there's one. Thank you, Walt. Most of us have it in our devices these days, and you know what? It is no less sacred in there than it is in a binder. It's a little easier to find stuff, actually, but every once in a while, there is definitely something to thumbing through the pages. There just is. Listen, I'm not just talking about God's Word. God's Word is important, but unfortunately, because it's written down, it, it sits within the boundaries of that binder. You know what? The Bible does you no good at all unless you do what? open it you know what god is still speaking in addition to the word but in relation to the word he still speaks the same things and and they go together but god is speaking and if he spoke then then he speaks now and and if god speaks today then there's two questions that we need to answer the first is this how does god speak wouldn't you love to know (laughs) wouldn't it be awesome if god always spoke the same way so we know what to count on like wouldn't it be great if all of us had a burning bush I mean, not a literal burning bush, but some kind of way that God speaks to us where his will was absolutely clear every moment of every day. I would love that. I would love it if God would just give me a memo every morning of the things he wants me to do so that I'd be clear on that and not mess the day up. But God doesn't do that. How does he speak? Listen to what Tozer says. This is kind of a long quote, but it's a good one. Listen to what he says. He said, It is important that we get still to wait on God. In other words, Stop moving, right? Isn't that, that's hard for us today. It is important that we get still to wait on God, and it is best that we get alone, preferably with our Bible outspread before us. Then, if we will, we may draw near to God and begin to hear Him speak to us in our hearts. I think for the average person, the progression will be something like this. I love this part. He says, hey, this is how it might look for the average person. Pay attention. Here we go. First, a sound as, if, as of a presence walking in the garden. In other words, like Adam and Eve heard God walking in the garden. He's saying that might be the first sound that you hear. That's wonderful imagery, okay? Then a voice more intelligible, but still far from clear. Then the happy moment when the Spirit begins to illuminate the Scriptures and that which had been only a sound or at best a voice now becomes an intelligible word, warm and intimate and clear as the word of a dear friend. Then will come life and light and best of all ability to see and rest in and embrace Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and all. Man, I don't know about you, but I love the way this guy writes words. Amen? What an experience that would be, to hear the rustle in the distance, to hear the sound of a voice, to begin to see the things that we read on the page come to life as if they were spoken directly to us, because they are. And to end that time hearing the very voice of God. That's Tozer's version of what may happen if you really invite God to speak. There's another version that I read years ago. I once uh, studied a book called Experiencing God. Anybody remember that? It was from the Baptist press. Those Baptists, they like to get things, you know, right lined up. So I figured if I borrow that, you know, Tozer gets all you heart and soul people. This will get all you intellectuals, all right? Here you go. Um, According to Experiencing God in Henry Blackaby, he says this, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His way. So God speaks by the Holy Spirit, the person of the Godhead that is the Spirit that lives within us, that is our comforter, our guide, our constant companion. God speaks by that Spirit using the mediums of the Bible, of course, prayer, circumstances, and the church in order to speak to us and help us to understand what he's trying to say. Now, here's the important piece of this. If God is really speaking to you through these things, they will agree. (laughs) That's why you need more than one source. That's why you need to hear not only from my personal prayer time, but maybe also from the Word of God. That's why when you hear God speak, it shouldn't only be something you concluded from a circumstance of your life, but maybe some uh, saint of God that you know from the church will confirm that for you by by hearing what you say and and bringing that back to you. And and by the church, I want you to understand, I don't mean that just anybody in the church will do. (laughs) Because not everybody who is in the church is following Jesus. Can we agree on that? Now, everybody in the church, whether they're following Jesus or not, is welcome here. And we love the fact that some of us are on a journey that hasn't all started and ended in the same place. Some of you are not quite there. Some of you are over the hill. Some of you are getting there. We we love that. But listen, you need to find a a part of the church, a part of the community of faith that you can trust. People that are exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit and their lifestyle exhibits the fact that they are following Jesus and, and seeking His plan and His will. And if you surround yourself with those kind of people, then they can help confirm to you, does that sound like what God would say? These things are important. It's not enough just to go, wow, this happened, therefore I go. You need to hear the whole counsel of God from his word, from prayer, from the people around you that you respect and trust are following Jesus for themselves. These are all important things. God speaks through these things. The various method that God uses to speak will never contradict each other. Listen, I have oftentimes in my private devotions felt like God wanted me to do something only to talk to my wife about it who was at the time exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit so I could trust her opinion. That was a joke. Come on, people. Give me something here. And I would go to her and say, Honey, this is what I'm feeling. And she'd give me that look. That wonderful, loving look that says, You're so cute, but you're so wrong. At the same time. How many men have seen that look? Has any, any men willing to admit you've seen that look from your wife? You know, it, and, and I trust my wife to tell me those kind of things because she loves me. I mean, I'm the breadwinner. She, you know, she has to, you know, anyway. Uh, it's all good. But, you know, that's important. Sometimes we can be led astray by our feelings and our circumstances. It's imperative that we test and we try what we said. Listen, what you hear in your prayer time will never conflict for instance, with what you read in God's Word. And just because you, you feel something because of a circumstances doesn't necessarily mean it lines up with God's will for your life. There needs to be a confirmation. Proverbs fourteen twelve brings us kind of to light the problem in this. There is a way, it says, which seems right to a man, but, it, but the, its end is in the way of death. Uh, there are lots of times where we feel like we know exactly what we're supposed to do, but maybe it's just because it feels right. Now, again, sometimes our feelings can guide us into the truth, but sometimes they lead us astray, and we need to be careful. And so, how does God speak? I've given you some information about that. Uh, I think I've actually beat that one to death. So let's move on to the second question. The second question is this. um, Not just how does he speak, but what is he saying? How do we know what God is saying? If God is continually and constantly speaking, how do we know what he's saying? Well, Again, for each one of us, that answer may be a little bit different because God's message, His Word, I believe is living and active for each person and it may be saying something different to each of us. But we do know this, in the Old Testament, the Hebrews believed, the Jews believed that wisdom was essentially the voice of God, that, that the voice of God would speak to, to those people that, that were around that were willing to listen and they would relay what they called wisdom and they believed that that wisdom was the voice of God coming through his servants to communicate what God wanted to be communicated to the rest of the world. And, and, and wisdom played a part. They actually, in, in Proverbs, for instance, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, it describes wisdom as an actual person which should give us a clue. Listen to these words. I'll read it quickly, I promise. Listen as wisdom calls out, it says. here as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gates at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud. In other words, wisdom is trying to get your attention in case you can't figure that out. I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people. Use good judgment. How many of you wish that was America's motto right now? Amen? You simple people, use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right. Now remember, this is wisdom talking. This is isn't me. This is wisdom saying these words according to the problem. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Listen, if wisdom is the speaking word of God, Then the word that God is speaking into our world, we know from this passage, is right. Everything that God says is right. He is never wrong. Everything that God says is truth. Um, He is never going to lead you astray or deceive you in any way. Everything that God speaks will be true. Everything that God says will be wholesome. Let's define that word for a moment. No, let's not. I'll let you define it for yourselves, but it needs to get some thought in our day and age because wholesome has kind of gone the way of the dodo. My advice, it says, is wholesome. God's word is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding. Listen, God is not trying to hide what he's saying. When he speaks, he wants us to know. He wants us to hear him, clear to those with knowledge. And, And finally, he says it's more valuable than anything else, pretty much, that you could ever have. Wisdom, the voice, the hearing, the word of God is valuable. Friends, God is speaking. I believe that with all my heart. Tozer says that the tragedy is that our eternal welfare, our eternal welfare, depends on our hearing. And we have trained our ears not to hear. What does that look like? Well, here's the imagery that kind of came to my mind. I I kind of thought um, about a restaurant. You know, we, last night after Jordan's football game, we always end up downtown at one of the restaurants there. His whole team goes there. (laughs) The wait staff either loves us or hates us. I can't quite tell yet. Um, But we walk in there and we take over the whole restaurant and there's just people eating everywhere. And as I was thinking about this last night, I thought about us sitting at our own little table here, having our own little conversation With 57 conversations happening around us. You've been in that situation, I would assume. You've been in a restaurant where there's just lots of people talking all the time. And it occurred to me that when I go to a restaurant with my family or even just with my wife, I have somehow managed to find the ability to only hear the conversation that's happening at my table. You know, at at a table over this way, there could be a young couple that are deeply in love with each other. And you can tell that because if you were to hone in on their conversation, you would discover that they're both sharing the the deepest love of each other's heart with each other over the dessert that they're sharing. Makes you want to puke, doesn't it? I mean, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And, and, and if you were to listen to that conversation, you might hear it. Over here, there might be a young mother, you know, who basically is trying to explain to her children what behaving in a restaurant actually means, and she's about to lose her mind in the process. And if you were to hear that conversation, you would, you would probably be able to identify with her. I, I certainly can. And maybe behind you, you would hear in another direction a conversation happening at a table where some coworkers were working late and needed to go get supper, so they brought whatever issue, whatever problem they were having, and they brought it into the restaurant, and they're trying to fix this problem while they're wolfing down whatever food they're eating and and trying to figure it out. And and maybe even off in the distance, you would see or hear a, a, a man who isn't saying much. He's all by himself. But every time the waiter comes to his table, he tries to start up a conversation. He asks her about the weather or about how she's doing, and you can hear from the inflection of his voice that that he's lonely and he's just looking for some kind of human interaction. All of these things could be happening around you and probably are every time you go to a restaurant. But you've learned how to focus in and ignore all of, well, some of you do listen because you're nosy. But you've learned how to hone in and only listen to that which is right before you. And let me tell you something, when I have dinner with my wife and we're alone, if I value that relationship, I had better hone in on one conversation. And you know what, I believe that's how we hear God. We have to learn how to hone in on one conversation. Because the world is noisy. There is always someone talking, especially in this world that we live in today. Sometimes I just shut the TV off and sit in silence at my house. Do you know how odd that is for me? I just can't stand to hear all of the stuff anymore. It's so noisy, and there's so many voices, and every one of those voices, even good voices, even Christian voices, are telling you how to succeed in life and how to be a better person and how to do your job better and how to be successful and how to fix your relationships or fix your physique. There's so many voices... We need to value God and His relationship with us so much that we're willing to take a minute and hone in on Him and only hear the one voice that can bring us true peace in this world. I believe that God deserves our undivided attention. Don't you? I mean, He spoke the world into being. (laughs) That's fairly impressive. Don't you think He deserves it? He spoke and the world came into being. He could change your whole world. He could change your whole world with a word. Are you listening? Would you pray this prayer once again with me as I read it aloud? This is from Tozer's book, and again, it's not intended to replace your prayers. It's meant to be a starting point, but let's pray this together. Lord, teach me to listen. The times are noisy and my ears are weary with the thousand raucous sounds which continuously assault them. Give me the spirit of the boy Samuel when he said to you, Speak for thy servant heareth. Let me hear you speaking in my heart. Let me get used to the sound of your voice that its tones may be familiar when the sounds of earth die away. And the only sound will be the music of your speaking voice. God, I pray for each person who is here in this room today and for those that are hearing the sound of my voice elsewhere, whether it's over the internet or through a recorded message, whatever it might be, that you would give us a passion to hone in on the conversation that that you are always trying to have with us. Lord, it's a conversation that we can learn to listen to even as we're going about our daily business, but it is best heard when we stop for a moment and and we quiet our hearts and we listen only for your voice. God, I pray that you would help us to slow down and be quiet long enough to hear what you have to say. And may the words that you say to us not just fall on deaf ears or or deaf hearts. May the words that you say to us penetrate deep into our being and recreate in us the image of Jesus so that we can live like he lived and love like he loved and, and serve as he served. God, change us into him because we are willing to listen for your voice and obey. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.